It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Ramble Podcast, hosted by Dave DeBah and presented by Rippin.com. As always, the Ramble Podcast is coming to you live from the Super Plus Rippin.com broadcast studios in the heart of Silicon Valley. Now, to the host that can't stop rambling, Dave DeBah. The Ramble We Go. I am Dave DeBond, and I want to talk sports with you, North America. Coming up on The Ramble today, we go deep inside the complicated cobwebbed mind of Antonio Brown. Plus, we cover a little bit of week one of your National Football League and make highly uh, predictable predictions of week number two in the National Football League. Plus, Movie Pass is officially dead. All of that and more coming up on the Ramble today. But we begin with what can best be described as one of the most horrific performances by a United States sports team in the history of United States sports, and that, of course, is the World Championships of of basketball. You know, the basketball tournament that nobody knows is actually going on. Now, if you missed it earlier in the week, and judging by the ratings, you had no idea it was actually happening The United States men's basketball team somewhere in the heart of China went up against the French. That's right. We lost to the French in basketball. Look, I don't know officially where the United States men's basketball team is going to end up in that tournament. All I can say is they're fighting for the seventh spot. (laughs) is how bad the United States men's basketball team has fallen. Look, I thought it was pathetic, absolutely pathetic, when our soccer team, and that is the men's soccer team, didn't even qualify for the FIFA World Cup. But after watching a couple of those games, I understood why. Now, when it comes to basketball, which is a sport that the United States has dominated In the same way the Russians used to dominate hockey back in the the era of the Cold War. It is unfathomable that the United States would fall so far so quickly. Now, I did a little bit of research into this. And if you're wondering who the head coach of this team is, it will shock you. It is Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich Uh, One of the greatest basketball coaches of all time who can do more with less than anybody else apparently was dealing with a lot less 
than anybody else this time around. I looked at the roster of this team, and one of the best players on this team was, and wait for it, was Harrison Barnes. Did you know that the starting center for the USA basketball team during this horrific performance and tournament was Brooke Lopez? You know, the center that doesn't understand how to play defense. You know, the center that hadn't hit a three-pointer really in the first couple years of his career, and now suddenly that's all he can do is shoot threes. You know, a center who doesn't know what the key is actually all about. So when we look back at the United States basketball team at the World Cup Championships in 2019, we should look back fondly on the fact that a bunch of other highly talented basketball players chose to do their country a disservice by not playing in the tournament in the first place. Absolutely pathetic. I'm serious. Absolutely pathetic. All right. Um, so moving on to the National Football League, and I cannot wait to talk to you about all of the ridiculous stuff that is going on inside the mind of Antonio Brown. But we will get to that in a little bit. First, I thought it was important because we do the show basically, the Rambles basically on once a week. Uh, And during the um, National Football League season, it is a little bit difficult. We do try to slip in uh, a couple shows when we can. But during this first week of the season, uh, let's just say things were a little too busy for that actually to happen. It's so much so that the first game of the second week has already passed. And we'll cover that in, in a little bit. But if we look back at week one of the National Football League, there were a couple things that I think are important for us to point out. The first being the Tennessee Titans on the road go into Cleveland and beat Baker Mayfield and the rest of those highfalutin players that they made strategic moves to bring on. But they didn't just beat the, (laughs) they didn't just beat down the actual, um, the actual Browns. They just flat out destroyed him. 43 to 13 was the final of that game. By the way, this is a Marcus Mariota-led Tennessee Titan team on the road week one of the National Football League with all of the hype around the Cleveland Browns. The best thing that I saw the Cleveland Browns do during week one was that Baker Mayfield commercial where he was cutting the lawn. I'm just saying, look, I'm not saying Cleveland's not going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that they don't have a team that can rebound. But what I am actually going to say about the Cleveland Browns is everything that I just said that I'm not going to say is a real possibility for this team. Just imagine them going into New York and losing to the Jets when the Jets in week two are not going to have their starting quarterback, Sam Darnold, because, let's face it, Sam is um, dealing with mono and is too tired 
to play in the game against the Browns. If ever there was a win that the Cleveland Browns organization needed, it is in week two of your National Football League. Look, elsewhere around the National Football League in the first week, of course, it was just disturbing to see what happened to Nick Foles. I got to tell you, as just a purist, a fan of the National Football League, if you don't have to be a fan of Nick Foles. You don't have to be a fan of the Eagles. You don't have to be a fan of the Jaguars or the Chiefs or any of the other teams in the National Football League. But when you look at what Nick Foles went through, I mean, let's face it, Jeff Fisher was his head coach for a year and a half. I'm just saying that in itself should have allowed Nick Foles to go into witness protection programs that the uh, U.S. government offers. I'm just saying Nick Foles was um, in a really bad spot, such a bad spot that he considered just flat out retiring from the National Football League. And of course, we all know the story of Nick Foles. Now he came back and led the Eagles to an actual Super Bowl victory. And then last year, how he came back and actually led the Eagles into the playoffs, which was impressive by Nick Foles. So he finally gets a big deal, big contract, goes to Jacksonville. And what happens during week one of the season? A guy that we're all sort of rooting for, except when our teams play against him, goes down and looks like he's going to be down for at least half of the season. And of course, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs went on to win And the rebirth of Sammy Watkins is official. Look, if you picked up Sammy Watkins in one of your fantasy football league teams before week one, you look like an absolute genius. And I'm telling you right now, week two, week three, week four, week five, week six, Sammy Watkins is not going to put up those same numbers that he put up in the first week, but his numbers are going to be extraordinarily respectable this year. There's something between him and Patrick Mahomes that is absolutely clicking. Um, So it will be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes for the Chiefs and Sammy Watkins. Look, elsewhere around the National Football League, I talked about the Eagles a little bit earlier. There were the bad Eagles, and then there were the actual good Eagles that showed up. And it was like a flashback with Deshaun Jackson. Um, And the Eagles went on to beat... Case Keenum, who for a while there actually looked like a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure John Elway was sitting back going, where the hell was that last year? And then we got to the second half of the game, and then John Elway and the rest of the Bronco Nation said, eh, yeah, that's the Case Keenum we all knew and grew to not appreciate in Denver. Anyway, so the Eagles went on to win. Now, if you're wondering why I haven't already talked about my Minnesota Vikings so far, is because, let's face it, it was a boring game plan that the Minnesota Vikings put into place against the Atlanta Falcons. A successful game plan, but a boring game plan at that. Did you did you know that Kirk Cousins didn't even pass for over 100 yards? I mean, he was like 8 of 10, which I could have been like 6 of 10 with the passes he made. There was like one pass that 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 Cousins threw that I honestly I couldn't throw in the National Football League. But that being said, it was it was Delvin Cook who looked great. 
Um, they've got three other really solid running backs, a rebuilt offensive line with a new center in Minnesota. And not only did they play well on offense uh, with the run, but they also played extraordinarily well on defense against the run as well. Their defensive line looked absolutely solid. It will be very interesting to see, though, what happens in Green Bay um, this weekend as the Vikes um, um, move into Green Bay for you know their annual game against the Packers, um, which is always an interesting game. Um, I will. I do want to point out something. Like, if you're not a huge Minnesota Viking fan, I understand. If you're not a huge Green Bay Packer fan, I understand. As a Minnesota Viking fan, and not just a fan, but somebody that actually really watches uh, watches the game and analyzes uh, football, regardless of whether or not I'm watching a Viking game, I would say this: Watch out for Anthony Barr in the game. On Sunday against Green Bay. Now, if you go back two years ago, Anthony Barr is the uh, linebacker who took down um, who took down Aaron Rodgers in what was sort of considered a slightly dirty play. Just watch Anthony Barr because he has received uh, I don't know how, but he's a little faster this year, and it could just be that we're at the start of the season and he's healthy. And he's in good shape and everything looks good. I'm just saying he's a little bit quicker and they're using him differently this year than they did last year. And look for Anthony Barr to end up in the Green Bay Packer backfield a lot during the second week of the National Football League uh, season. So as you can tell. Not only are we covering some of the stuff that happened during the first week, but we're also sort of making some uh, interesting little notes about what will happen in week two of your National Football League season. Look, there were a bunch of other games, as you know. Um, I think the only other game really worth talking about. I mean, we can go down the list and talk about the Chargers. We can talk about the Seahawks and how they squeaked by Andy Dalton. I'm just saying Seattle's one of those teams that looks like a 500 football team year in and year out and year in and year out end up at like 10 and six, <laughs> 11 and five. And they always seem to peak at the right time. It's just a very interesting thing. Anyways, the Rams, you know, beat the Panthers. Cam Newton didn't look great in that game. And, of course, the 49ers ended up beating Tampa, which was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious to me because the the Rams, I mean, um, excuse me, the 49ers offense looked horrific. And the 49ers defense played um, really well. Now, being based here in the Silicon Valley, (laughs) in, in the San Francisco Bay Area, I can confidently tell you that there were a ton of people calling the two sports radio stations. We got two of them here locally, not one, but two calling the two sports radio stations. And it was everything that was so myopic. It was ridiculous. I mean, I heard on a couple occasions, people actually ask, where's the Super Bowl going to be this year? Hey, 
49er fan. Let me tell you this right now. The closest you're going to get to the Super Bowl this year has already happened with your game in Tampa Bay. (laughs) I'm just saying, that's as close, 49er fan, as you're going to get. Look, your defense played well against what I think is one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the National Football League today. I'm sorry for all of you Jameis Winston fans out there. Look, I'm not even sure there's double-digit Jameis Winston fans in North America at this point anyways. Look, and, and, and I can even confidently say that after I watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into Carolina and beat... <laughs> and beat the Carolina Panthers, and Jameis Winston looked okay, and they still found a way to win. Look, that Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense is way better, um, and you can tell that it's going to improve week in and week out, but the San Francisco 49ers, led by Jimmy Garoppolo, who looks good, Mr. GQ, all the women like Jimmy, some of the men do too. I'm just saying, everybody uh, even, everybody thinks Jimmy's a good-looking guy. Let's just face it. I, I, I saw an interview with him earlier today, locally, and he's a good-looking look, he's a, he's, he's a really good-looking guy. But is he a quarterback in the National Football League that can lead his team? And, and I'm really, really worried that, you know, Jimmy does seven out of ten, ten things right. It's the three things that he doesn't do right that are going to get him in trouble in the National Football League and probably prevent him from having a really solid career. I think there are better options, better safe options on the San Francisco 49ers related to quarterbacks that might be better for the 49ers in the short term than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, of course, they paid him all this money, so they got to see what they have with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'll say this, as we go into week number two of your National Football League season, do you really think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to go into Cincinnati and beat the Bengals? And I can't even believe I'm bragging about the Bengals. (laughs) That's how much I don't think about Jimmy Garoppolo and the way this San Francisco 49ers offense is set up at this point. Look, there's one other game, <laughs> and this is why the show, if you're new to the Ramble, this is why the show is called the Ramble. We ramble pretty quickly from one thing to another. Um, and and um, there were two other games in the National Football League in week one worth mentioning. And these two teams are actually going to face off against each other in week two. <laughs> and, and the first one is, you know, Hollywood Brown and the... Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens. And I have proof. I have proof to all of you. All you have to do is go back two years in our podcast, and you will hear me talk about Lamar Jackson and how I think he was the most underrated quarterback coming out of that draft and how I thought of all the quarterbacks in the draft that year that Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback. And I think after the Baltimore Ravens had six months with Lamar Jackson during the season last year, they realized that, yes, Dave DeBaugh on the Ramble was correct. And you could see it. Now, I do want to preface this really quick. 
I don't want to, you know, uh, go ahead and get him that golden jacket for Canton, Canton, Ohio just yet. I mean, it was against what can best be described as a low-tier college football team that, that he beat up in Miami. Look, the Dolphins were so bad that there were stories coming out of the locker room after that loss that several of the players had, while they were still in the locker room, were contacting their agents asking to be traded. Has that ever happened in the National Football League? Can you imagine being the head coach of a team in the National Football League? And you do all of this stuff during the offseason, and you've got your training camps, and you've got your Ice Cube music playing in the background, and your Metallica music playing in the background, and your Cardi B music playing in the background during training camp. And you've got all this stuff, and you're appeasing the wide range of players that you have on on your team and you're trying to get them motivated and up off the ground and you play one game one game and you've got desertion on your team already uh look maybe i was being too kind in talking about the miami dolphins maybe they're more like a really good high school football team i'm just saying there is just absolutely Not a lot of positive things coming out of Miami at this point. And if you're a Dolphin fan, the only thing that you have to look forward to this year is that you've got the Super Bowl coming to town and you have no reason to stay. Just go ahead, put your house up on on one of those Airbnb uh, websites right now because you won't have any reason to be in Miami during the Super Bowl. As for the Arizona Cardinals who were at home against the Detroit Lions, and this next statement will really pain me, uh, pains me to say, but the Detroit Lions defensive line is for real. The Detroit Lions secondary is for real. The Detroit Lions um, offensive line is okay. And we all know about Matthew Stafford. We, we, we all know he's a gunslinger. He's, he's sort of like the Midwestern version of Phillip Rivers. He's going to put up a ton of numbers and he's going to occasionally make your team better. Um, the difference is, you know, in San Diego, Phillip Rivers can actually get you to the playoffs every once in a while, whereas Matthew Stafford just can't put all 53 positions on his shoulders. He just doesn't have enough there to uh, to get get it done. But this is an improved Detroit Lions team. And trust me, if, if you watched and you paid any attention to the lonely Detroit Lions towards the end of last season, you could see the improvement actually happening. It is real improvement in Detroit. And I don't think that this is a a three-way race for the first-place position in the NFC uh, North this year. I I think this could be a four-team battle. I really think that Detroit's got a lot of nice pieces. Not really sold, as I mentioned, on their offensive line, but a lot of nice pieces. So anyways, so the game kicks off, and all of the Kyler Murray hype is out there. But we have had a chance to sort of see Kyler Murray 
and his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Now, for those of you that are new to the Ramble, if <laughs> you probably don't know my opinions on Cliff Kingsbury, and they're really simple. First of all, there's a person that doesn't deserve to have a head coaching job in the National Football League. Secondly, I'm not even sure he deserves to be an assistant quarterback coach in the National Football League. Maybe an intern level assistant, assistant quarterbacks coach in the National Football League. And for those of you out there right now that think DeBaugh is being too hard on Cliff Kingsbury, please, I ask you, pull up his resume. Just just go ahead and take a look at it and you will see what I'm talking about and you will understand it. Now let's deconstruct what Cliff Kingsbury is trying to do with his offense in the National Football League. And, l- and let's just put it this way. There'll never be uh, two running backs in the backfield. He'll almost always have four or five wide receivers spread out. Now, that is something that can work in the National Football League for a game. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like maybe four out of eight games, that scheme can sort of work if you're not prepared for it. Look, everybody is going to prepare for it going forward. (laughs) which means that scheme that Cliff Kingsbury is trying to run, which, by the way, is an easy scheme to stop from working. It is not a difficult scheme to scheme against on on the defensive side as long as you have aggressive, uh, aggressive defensive backs and safeties who aren't afraid to hit. I'm just saying the offense that Cliff Kingsbury is attempting to put together is so predictable, even though when you view it for the first time, you're going to be like, I've never seen anything like this before in the National Football League. But the reality is, it is a offense that is easy to defend if you have the right pieces to defend against it. Now, the Detroit Lions during the second half of the game did start to get a little bit tired. And the Cardinal offense and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, who admits didn't do a good job calling plays, especially in the first half, did a far better job in the second half. And we were able to see glimpses of Kyler Murray. Look, I love Kyler Murray. I hope Kyler Murray can be a great quarterback for 10 years in the National Football League, not rooting against Kyler. (laughs) That should be the hashtag. Hashtag not rooting against Kyler. Hashtag concerned about Cliff. (laughs) Uh, I'm just not entirely sold that Cliff Kingsbury is smart enough to figure out how to keep Kyler Murray upright for 16 games in the National Football League, and you know exactly what I'm talking about if you suffered through the first game of the Cardinals season. Anyways, that game ended up in a tie. We got the Cardinals going to the Ravens in game two of your National Football League uh, schedule. And I personally took the Ravens in my death pool this this week. I said, look, if there's a, 
Yeah, I could take the Patriots against against Miami. Uh, you know that was easy, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put the Patriots in my back pocket. You know, because it's a death pool, and, and I'll come back to the Patriots later. But I'm just really confident that that the Ravens are going to beat the Cardinals in week number two of the National Football League season. So that's a quick recap or a long recap, depending on <laughs> which recap shows you normally watch. Um, but I will say this, uh, a highly entertaining week one of your National Football League. Cannot wait for week two of the National Football League to kick off. We will cover week two for you in a little bit. But before we get into Antonio Brown's mind and week two picks of your National Football League season, I thought it was important to note the following. Movie Pass is officially dead. Do you guys remember Movie Pass? It's the service that for at one point was like seven ninety nine, and then later they they, they realized you know that, that that wasn't enough cash, so they upped it to nine ninety nine. So for nine ninety nine, Movie Pass made it possible for you to go to the theater, the movies. And watch unlimited movies every month for just $9.99. Look, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this. A fantastic idea for a company. Absolutely fantastic idea. Um, But when you do the math, you realize that it will fail miserably. Like, there are some things in life that you just can't get for that price. Like... For example, I would like a brand new 718 Porsche Cayman. Now, Porsche is not going to turn around and sell that car for $35,000 brand new because it costs them $40,000 to make it in the first place. <laughs> it's it's like obvious that movie pass, I mean the only thing I will say this uh, about the movie pass um, uh, concept is that it survived for as long as it survived. Because if you know anything about arithmetic, if you know anything about finances, if you know anything about just basic math, you would know that movie pass was too good to be true. <laughs> so it is officially dead. I Hey, look, I just wanted to make sure all of the fans of the Ramble knew that. And to just check their their accounts and make sure that they're still not being charged for a service that is dead. This is more like a, a Dave DeBaugh ramble public service <laughs> announcement than anything else. All right. Um, so moving into inside the mind of Antonio Brown, who probably was one of the primary investors uh, in MoviePass. Nah, I, I don't know. I just made that up. But it's certainly possible. Look, the, the, the Antonio Brown stuff's just been covered constantly. It's, it's actually been covered more uh, in the press than the stupid stuff that Donald Trump probably said this week that I just completely ignore at this point. And you know what I'm talking about. And I hate to get all political here on the ramble, so I'll try not to. And I understand that there's a lot of people out there that, that love Trump, and that's great. And, and I'm happy for you. And there's a lot of people that don't. But let's just face it from a from a PR perspective, whether or not you support Trump or hate Trump, 
you have to admit he says a lot of things that you're not proud of. I'm not saying you can't support him, (laughs) but you have to admit he says a lot of things that you're not proud of. So if you're an Antonio Brown fan, you would have to admit that he does a lot of things that you're not proud of. Now, you're uh, amazed by the things he can do on the football field, you know, when he's not getting cryogenic therapy, and you know, when he's not in a hot air balloon, floating up into Napa skies, and then landing at the Raiders training camp. You know, when he's not... Uh, producing fake videos in his backyard about being free at last, free at last. <laughs> you know, all of the craziness that has gone on with Antonio Brown during the last 12 months that we've been aware of has been very difficult to understand. Now, for those people that know anything at all, and I'm sure everybody out there has a family member who's a little bit wacky. And no matter what you do, and usually there, it's usually an aunt or an uncle. <laughs> it's always that aunt or an uncle. And I'm an uncle, so I'm sure to some of my nieces and nephews, I'm a little bit crazy. I mean, who else does a podcast called The Ramble? I'm just saying. But at the end of the day, you start to look at the actions, the words, and the way Antonio Brown has been conducting himself over the last 12 months, last year, and you, um, because 12 months is a year. (laughs) Um, But you have to sit there and say, you have to sit there and say something mentally isn't right. There's some, uh, there's something going on in the mind of Antonio Brown that's just not clicking right. And you're not really sure if he's aware of it. In other words, Antonio is believing what he's saying. Look, he posted a video 48 hours ago, which was one of the most ridiculous videos I'd seen anybody post in the history of video. And it was him in in a training room in New England, which first broke so many of Belichick's rules, it's not even important. It's not even fathomable. But, uh, you know, on top of it, I'm sure Tom Brady got called into the principal's office and said, get your guy under control. Because let's face it, there's no way Antonio Brown is on this team if Belichick didn't tell Tom Brady, oh, I'll give you Antonio Brown, Tom. Mr. TB12, but you're responsible for him. Uh, I mean, it's it's like when you, you're watching a friend's kid and you're responsible for your friend's toddler. And you're just like, the last thing you want to do is have to go to the emergency room because he scraped up his knee. I'm just saying that's the relationship here. It's, you know, Tom Brady is the, is, is the babysitter and Antonio Brown is the toddler in this story. There's obviously, let's face it, there's obviously some sort of chemical imbalance in Antonio Brown's mind. There is something going on there that I don't really think has been diagnosed. Now, back to the video. Antonio Brown is in a is in a New England Patriots 
um, a, a practice room lifting weights, and he and he pops up in this video, and he, it's like a selfie type view, and and he's talking about um, how um, football players don't get the same kind of respect that other players get in, let's say, um, national soccer teams or national basketball teams or all of these other things. And he's saying, like, they get so much love. U.S. pro U.S. teams that that have teams in soccer and basketball and in other sports get so much love from the fans. And wouldn't it be great if there was a United States football team? <laughs> like, I don't know who we would play against in a United States football team. Like, would we play against the, against, against the best players in Canada? Would we play against all of the talent that is coming to us today from Mexico in the National Football League? Would we play against all of the football talent that is coming out of Brazil? <laughs> what about all the football talent that is constantly pouring across our borders from England? <laughs> what the hell is Antonio Brown talking about? Absolute nonsense. Everything that Antonio Brown has done over the last 12 months has been absolute nonsense. Absolute ridiculousness. Look, I think the folks over at Exxon and Chevron would agree that there's some sort of chemical imbalance going on with Antonio Brown. All right, North America. Um, One last segment for you today on the ramble. Um, and that's just a quick, uh, quick look into week two of your National Football League season. Now, I, if I had been picking and we had gotten this podcast completely completed before Thursday, uh, which these Thursday night football games are killing me, I have to tell you. I'd like to take a moment of silence right now and just just do a moment of silence for Thursday night football. Uh, my, my issue with Thursday night football is that I love football. I want to see football. I want to see as much good football as I can possibly get. But I have to tell you, I have come around on this, and I believe that the Thursday night games, minus uh, minus the holidays, so just a regular Thursday Thursday night football game that's not on a holiday, is is so difficult to to watch sometimes because it's it's sort of like uh, teams that didn't have enough time to prepare. And are just basically doing whatever they can possibly do uh, to survive that game without injury. Now, <clears throat> the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. I could do sixty minutes on what's wrong with Superman. I really, po- I really could. And sure, I could take pot shots at his hair, and I could take pot shots at that ridiculous outfit that he was wearing in this post game press conference. But the truth of the matter is. You don't really need to do that. All you have to do is look at his performance on the field. The way the coaches were calling the plays is a direct result of what they think they have left with the former shell of Superman. Look, Justice League jokes aside and, and you know, bringing Superman back to life, I'm not really sure it's possible. I think... We are looking at the downfall of Cam Newton. 
I really don't think that he is the same quarterback that he was two or three years ago. And the sooner you realize that, then the easier it is to swallow a Jameis Winston-led football team going into Carolina and beating the Panthers. Look, that was just absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, um, elsewhere around week two of your National Football League, and as I, I was going to mention, I would have picked the Panthers uh, to win that game. I, I just can't do it anymore because Cam is just such a mess. Anyways, elsewhere around the National Football League, we've already covered the Ravens and the Cardinals game. Everybody in the media is now picking the Washington Redskins to upset the Cowboys. I think it's just because it's the Cowboys. Like, do you really think Dak Prescott is uh, is going to lose that game? Do you think Dak Prescott, who's such a strong leader, Dak Prescott, who took over from Tony Romo and literally stole the job away from Tony Romo, is in a contract year like this going to allow the Cowboys to go into Washington in week two? Mind you, week two of the National Football League, most players on the Cowboys are still healthy. Most players are not banged up. Do you really think Dak Prescott is going to allow the Cowboys to lose to the Redskins? The Redskins? I mean, come on. It's just a bunch of media hype to get ratings. I'm just saying. Anyways, elsewhere around the National Football League, Colts at Titans. Uh, Titans should win that game. Seahawks at Steelers expect Mike Tomlin to uh, recover. Uh, His kryptonite is Bill Belichick, as we all know. I mean, he can't do anything against Bill Belichick. There was the only thing surprising in week one for the Steelers was that they didn't actually score a touchdown. That, That was the only thing that surprised me. Not surprised by the blowout at all. Mike Tomlin just flat out always outcoached by Bill Belichick. And it's not even like the coaching that happens during the game. It's the game plan before the game. The Steelers have literally lost that game at kickoff. It was lost before kickoff. It was lost in the film room the week before. I'm just saying. Anyways, you got the Bills at the Giants. I would expect the Giants to find a way to win that game. If not, expect the Eli must be benched hashtag to be a real one. 49ers at the Bengals. You already know that I think the Bengals are going to win that game. Chargers uh, at Detroit. Um, You never know with the Chargers on the road. And you heard what I said about the Lions. I just think the Lions are going to win this game. It's going to be a close game. Uh, But I think the Lions are going to shock a lot of people in the National Football League this season. Vikes at Packers. I'm taking my Vikes just out of love. You know, who knows? It's too early between these two teams to tell. The Packers, a much improved um, uh, defensive line and much improved secondary. A much improved secondary. Uh, I haven't seen the Packers look this good on uh, defense in years. And... I will say this, if if that defense is for real, it's going to be a very interesting game. But going with the love pick of the Vikings. <laughs> Jaguars at Texans, Texans with that win. Patriots at Dolphins, you could literally bet your house on that one. <laughs> there's, there's no, like, if ever I was going to mortgage my entire house, 
and all of the cars and all that stuff. It would be on that game. Uh, Chiefs at Raiders. Um, you can go either way on this one. Um, I, I want to, I want to take the upset card out of my back pocket and hand it to John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. There's just something. There's just something a little bit different about this Raider team. Look, I think the Chiefs are going to win, but it's not going to be as easy as you think. Saints at Rams, I honestly don't care. I really, I, I'm so sick of revenge game and all this other stuff. I would expect that the Saints would would come into Los Angeles and find a way to win against the Rams. Bears at Broncos, Broncos should um, should find a way to win, but they won't. Nah, they will, because it's their head coach going up against his former team, and he knows all the defensive players so well, and he'll find a way to allow Joe Flacco to relive some of his greatness of years past. The Broncos will beat the Bears. Eagles at Falcons. Look, in the old days of the Falcons, the glory days of Matt Ryan, I would have absolutely, I don't care how good the Eagles are, I would have been like the Falcons at home, the Falcons this, the Falcons that. Look at all of this talent that they have at wide receiver. I mean, seriously, they've got four great wide receivers on that Falcon team. They should never lose. <laughs> they should rarely lose. They they should be at least 10 and 6 this year. Anything under that is is flat out underperforming and I think they're underperforming. I think there's a coaching issue here. As much as I like the guys on their coaching staff, I believe there's a fit issue uh with the coordinators and the quarterback and the defense. I I just think this is a coaching issue. It's a regime change. That unfortunately should have happened last year. And I think at some point on Sunday night, you're going to realize I'm right as Deshaun Jackson scores three touchdowns and the Eagles go on to what some people will call an upset. And I would just basically call a predictable win by the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night football. Lastly, the Browns versus the New York football Jets. And I think we've already covered this one. Uh, This should be a Browns victory. All right, North America. (laughs) Thanks so much for uh, tuning in to the Ramble. We are working on a couple uh, couple different things, a couple live shows. Uh, So we'll be making some announcements about that. Remember to check your credit card statements and make sure you're not being billed anymore for the, the, the defunct movie pass. The company that thought you would pay $9.99 and go see unlimited movies anywhere in America. And of course you would pay that. And of course they would lose money is officially dead. Rest in peace, movie pass. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, uh, for the ramble, I am Dave DeVaugh. I got to get out of here. For the ramble, I am Dave DeVaugh. Reminding you that you can't win a championship if you play for the Carolina Panthers, especially this year. And good luck, North America. Because in this era of Donald Trump being your president, trust me, you're going to need all the help that you can get.
Progressive's Employee of the Month two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With the Quicksilver card from Capital One, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase. Unlimited? Unlimited? Unlimited! 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 Any way you say it, earning unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase just sounds good. Capital One, what's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? Capital One Bank USA NA.